Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Shooting the Shift podcast. And let me tell you boys, the stove is hot. Finally. The gas is on, the range is lit, and we are hot in the MLB. Spring training starts in the middle of February. Teams are getting themselves together. And we finally have real news to talk about. Last week, we had some good stuff brewing. This week, we have a couple more bombs to drop. Let's start off with one of the biggest names of this offseason, signs a contract. Jeff, you say at the end of last episode, Twitter's popping off. George Springer, Toronto's gaining momentum. No sooner an hour after we're done recording, George Springer signs a six-year, $150 million contract to go to the Toronto Blue Jays. Instant reactions to the contract, guys? I, I love it. Um, I talked about my kind of fandom for the, the Blue Jays last week, but that lineup's just getting deeper and deeper. We talked about it a little bit with Bo Bichette, Biggio, Vlad's looking really, really strong. Vlad lost like 50 pounds. Yeah, Vlad's looking good. I think that lineup's that lineup's going to be hard to face in the AL. Now, obviously, we still have the Yankees, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what they've been up to, but the Blue Jays are trying to push to be a contender this year. Obviously, they signed, we talked about it last week, Kirby Yates. Now they're they're getting the offensive side. It'll be interesting to see if they make any other moves this offseason and uh, how the team's going to shape up come spring training and what's going to happen come opening day. See, what I love about it is in the last couple of years, we've talked about the, the level of excitement surrounding the youth of the Blue Jays lineup. And that still exists. Yeah, I mean, these guys aren't in their prime yet. But now, to go along with the youth, there's obviously a level of legitimacy that comes with adding a World Series MVP, a champion, all-star, and a guy who excels in the leadoff spot in George Springer. Yeah, there's I, that's, a whole new dynamic. That's that was my biggest draw for the contract was the the um, the experience that George Springer is going to bring to these guys. And and besides that, I just think it's a it's a good deal for the team. Like six years, one fifty. George Springer is he always seems to get hot at the right time and carry his teams through to the playoffs and beyond. So I, I think it's a great signing. It's a great step forward for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, yeah, I, it's, just, it, it's just a smart, smart deal. It just sucks he couldn't have signed his contract an hour and a half earlier and given us something more to talk about on the podcast last week. Thanks Break for getting on the George. pod. Yeah, that would have been that would have been nice. But like you said, Jeff, at the end last week it was okay. Things are starting to heat up between George Springer and the Blue Jays. It's getting real traction, and then <clears throat> right after we finished the news breaks. It's a pretty good deal for them. Um, and the other part with the six okay. years is that it uh, it aligns well with the the team control for the young guys they have, yeah. where they can afford to spend a little more on a big ticket free agent because they're not paying yes. the the Vladdy Juniors, they're not paying Bo Bichette, uh, even Nate Pearson, all these guys they have on on cheaper salaries right now it's 
just it's a no-brainer move for the Blue Jays and puts them legitimately probably a year or two away from making real noise. Yeah, especially in that AL East. Um, obviously, it's the Yankees division, but yes. I could see the Toronto Blue Jays, if, if things start falling into place early, maybe looking at a, a wild card run this yeah. year. Yeah, I could absolutely see a wild card run from them. I, think... I could see a wild card run, but yeah, they're still, as yeah. I said, this move, I think, puts them a year or two out from with another move like to shore up the rotation a little more. Right. Uh, they're, they could be close to being, to having legitimate Serious baseball contenders. back in Canada. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, another move that transpired in the in between podcasts, uh, J.A. Happ signs a one-year $8 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. I mean, that's just – J.A. Happ's just kind of looking for somewhere to go. He ha- He's not the same pitcher he once was. Um, so, I mean, hey, if it works out for the Twins, it works out for the Twins. If not, it doesn't work out. Yeah, I think it's it's just another veteran presence that I think the Twins needed with that rotation. I think J.A. Happ's still a solid arm. Obviously, he's had a little bit of injury problems the past couple of years, but I, I think, it again, it's another solid arm. We, we've seen a couple of veterans go so far, and I think J.A. Happ's just another strong fourth, fifth spot in the rotation, and the Twins have a decent rotation. They have Kenta Maeda. So, I mean, I think it's a smart move by the Twins. Obviously, his biggest struggle has been the actual pitching last year. <laughs> he's just horrible. But yeah. he's, as Will said, he's he's been around, so he's going to eat innings. That's that's really what they're looking for is someone to eat innings from that that five spot. So, and I mean that's kind of what they paid for. It's 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 a back of the roster move, back of the rotation move, but. You could, you could certainly do better than Jay Happ at this point in his career, but in that five spot, you could you could do a lot worse. Yeah, you definitely can. Um, well, the Phillies are doing a lot worse, I think. But uh, <laughs> so that's that's another move. Um, this, the next move I want to talk about was uh, set the baseball world on fire. Um, Michael Brantley signs with the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, wait. Oh, no. He signs with the Houston Astros for two years, $32 million. Um, the whole saga behind that, Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal, all these big names break the news that Michael Brantley is following his fellow friend in Houston to Toronto. Uh, no numbers were disclosed, deal pending, physical. And then two hours later, like a rabbit out of a hat, uh, here comes the Houston Astros and they signed Michael Brantley. Um, it's a great move keeping him around. Yeah. Um, he is consistently, if not over 300, right about 300 for the past six, seven years. Since 2014, when he batted 327, he's, with the exception of his 2016 season when he was hurt, um, he's just been constantly right around the 300 mark. He's, been an all he was an all-star in 17 18 and 19 uh he's just the a consummate hitter and i think he's a really great move for the astros to bring him back on not necessarily like a, it's a good deal for both both sides 
so I have a little gut feeling here about what might have happened. Okay, let's hear it. Obviously, the, the names of the reporters you said are the best in the business. They don't just report things too early, get things wrong. Uh, I have a feeling that Brantley to the Blue Jays was all but done. I think the last thing to do was put pen to paper. I think he told the Blue Jays that he was going to sign with them. And then I think that news might have gotten back to the Astros. Having already lost Springer, I think they made a last-ditch effort to get him and were successful. But I, I, I don't get the feeling that it was super early on the reporter's part. I think the Astros really looked at their team, realized that without Springer, they needed to retain Brantley. Will? Yeah, I think he, he's been such a consistent bat for the Astros, even before that with the Indians. But I think, like you said, Jeff, they needed that missing piece. And obviously, Brantley's been comfortable in Houston. He's been there the past couple of years. I, I really think if there was some way that he was going to Toronto, the Astros would have been in big trouble. Um, so I think re-signing Michael Brantley was one of those key moves. Now, obviously, there are still rumors around whether or not Lance McCullers may be getting out of Houston. So I, I, Houston, almost to me, I don't want to say they're going into like a rebuild because they're not. But it seems, especially now with, with COVID and everything, teams are trying to find ways to save as much money as they can. So I... I, I don't want to say that Houston's just trying to ship out and then bring in people on cheap deals, but I obviously they didn't see a reason to bring back George Springer. So they found their next best bet with Michael Brantley. I mean, it's certainly an interesting like thought that that's what could have happened. Um, obviously we'll never truly know how close Brantley was to signing with the Ash or the, the blue Jays. Maybe it was a, a ploy to get more money out of the Astros. Maybe it was, but the, the way I read it from the, an outside perspective is the deal was open and Brantley was joining Springer in Toronto. And then he yeets the entire MLB community and goes back to Houston. Um, like Will said, a, a major yeet. Has like you Will said, yes, we've all been yeeted or you, um, but like you guys said, it's, that would have been a major loss for the, the Astros if they lose both Springer and Brantley in the same offseason. Uh, Brantley has been a, just a, a big part of their line for the last two seasons in the DH spot. Um, he's in the last two seasons, uh, 2019 over 148 games. He had 22 home runs, 90 RBIs, batted 311. And last year, over 46 games, five home runs, 22 RBIs, batted 300 exactly with 15 doubles. So... Well, he's obviously a guy who puts the bat to the ball. He great bat to ball skills, and he just like like you want to see out of a DH. I, in my opinion, a guy who's going to put the ball in play and move the bases, not just swing for the fence every time. Well, I think the the biggest reason why they chose to retain Brantley over Springer has nothing to do with the two players themselves. I think it has to do more with. The, the upcoming free agencies of Correa and eventually Bregman and them recognizing that 
if they want to retain one or both of those guys, who I think they they definitely value more than Springer, especially Bregman, then they're going to need to move on. They need to keep their costs down to be able to they, spend on those. those yeah, they guys. weren't going to be able to keep their core. Yeah, it's, they, there was choices to be made, and we've seen the Astros make the, the first of the tough choices that they'll have to make over the next few years. Right. So that's like all the – well, for now, we're going to kind of go in sequential order of the week's happenings. Those yeah, that's the all we have for cheater talk agent. today. Yeah, we – Got our two Astros out of the way. Maybe the trash cans will follow George Springer to Houston or to Toronto. I don't know how the Canadians will handle that. Eh? <laughs> but the next big piece of uh, news came out of the Yankees camp. Uh, Jameson Talion is traded from the Pirates to the Yankees. The Yankees are looking to fortify and bolster their starting rotation to win the AL East and make a run in the playoffs. And this was a smart move. Jameson Talion was a guy I would have loved to have on the Phillies. Uh, but you guys have instant reactions to those trades. I know we we're kind of talking about it a little bit before we actually went live with the show. It's up there for my favorite move of the offseason. I think it's – I think they definitely got great reviews from his former teammate, Garrett Cole who also we didn't really see. Uh, Garrett Cole and Jameson Tyone are pretty similar in the fact that they were highly regarded pitching prospects that didn't truly reach their potential in Pittsburgh. They both flashed in Pittsburgh. Garrett Cole, you really saw him. You really saw him reach his potential. And even greater than that, became one of the best pitchers in the sport once he got to Houston. So maybe a little I something think fishy happening in Houston. Hey, well, we said we're done with cheater talk. Um, but I think you could see a similar bump maybe with a fresh start with Tyone. You've seen him have success. Yeah, that's. Now I think maybe being in a a legitimate contender, a legit chance to win a World Series, certainly a pretty good path to getting to the world series. Maybe you see him finally take that next next step forward. He's working with Cole again. And obviously it's the draw of playing for the Yankees. I mean, we can't deny that that exists. Yeah. So he did, he um, correct me if I'm wrong. He got hurt in 2019 and then stayed out for 2020. Or yes, he's because he only 37 in the third innings in 2019. So he definitely got hurt. Yes, he was shut down with Tommy John. Okay. So, but in 2018, he ate up innings, uh, 191 innings pitched with a 14 and 10 record, 320 ERA. He had led the league, all of major leagues, two complete games, one complete game shutout, uh, 179 strikeouts. So, not like super high strikeout numbers, but he was an innings eater for in, in that season. And he's he's been an inning, innings eater when he stays healthy. Um, his ERA is around league average the, in the threes. Um, so I, I think it was a good deal for them to make. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the re- the return that the Pirates got for uh, Tyone, Talion, however you want to say? It's one of those returns why we're not – we won't really know what they got back. It's hard to right. 
It didn't seem it seemed to be like guys who were further away from the major leagues. Yeah. I didn't really recognize many of the names. I kind of try to study the names more so, but it's it's pretty difficult to get the the further away guys and the yeah, less it, relevant it, systems. I I think it the guy was a little shocked by the the return. I think they probably could have gotten maybe obviously less, but um maybe a, a higher value prospect. But um I'm surprised that the the Yankees still haven't cashed in on Frazier or Andujar. Yeah. Or Glaber. I'm gonna push hey, well, that narrative till he gets traded because it's gonna happen. If, unless he's getting traded here, I'm gonna keep saying don't trade Glaber. Yeah, just but, to get, I just mean, to give you guys a little bit of a, a a think about here, the Yankees rotation so far would look like Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jamison Tyone, Jordan Montgomery, and either Davy Garcia or Luis Severino coming in at the fifth spot. It's got to be Sevy. It depends when Sevy comes back. He should be back pretty early in the the year. He was shut down pretty early last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, eventually, eventually it will be Sevy. It's going to be a lot better than they had last year. Garrett Cole's not going to feel like he's on an island. It's. I mean, I I really like the Yankees for this year. I have them picked, have them pegged as my AL champ at least. And yes, you do. I. It seems with the improvements they're making, they're going to be pretty difficult to knock off in any seven game series yeah i mean they have obviously i think they're kind of accounting for the fact that okay they we know we can outscore anyone in the american league maybe not the white Sox. but now if we add like a fill if we have like a filthy rotation then it really doesn't matter we don't have to outscore everyone and you got to think over a 162 game season guys are going to miss time um, it's it's almost a given that Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are going to miss a decent amount of time over 162 games. Giancarlo Stanton's getting paid a bazillion dollars to get hurt regularly. Um, but when they're all healthy, the Yankees are great. But that's I think that's been their major problem for the past couple of years is they can't keep everyone healthy at the same time. It's always uh oh, Aaron Judge is out, and then. Aaron Judge is starting to get ready to come back. Uh-oh, down goes Giancarlo Stanton. And those are two guys that are just absolute monsters standing in the play- at the plate. Yeah. Just crush yeah. the ball. And, but to be fair to the Yankees, too, it's allowed them to churn out unbelievable depth, the injuries that yeah. they've had the couple years, because they've just they've been hit harder with injuries than any other team in the last couple of years. And, and we can it thank, just hasn't uh, mattered. Can you thank Brian Barber for that? I think so. Brian Barber, the sole reason that the Yankees are where they are. Hey, maybe that'll be the Phillies in a few years. I, I, one, uh, but uh, that one thing I, I want to circle that back trade to was on. that was okay with uh, with Tyone is a little uh, interesting fact that you gave about him leading the league in complete games. Yeah, with in twenty eighteen. Two. Two. <laughs> yeah. Two. He led both leagues with two complete games, and he led both leagues with one shutout. 
two that's, complete games. That's, that's, ins- that's where we're at now is two complete insane. games can lead the league. That's a far cry from not just like the national throwing league. up 20 a year. Not just the National League. That was both, yeah, both that, leagues. Like, that's a far I've, cry from we've gone to the Holy Holiday from 2008 to two, from 2007 to 2011, where he had seven, nine, 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 and eight complete games. Like, guys will be lucky at this point. I think guys will be lucky to have eight complete games over their whole career. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, we've started to see the bullpen game kind of take over. I think we're starting I, to see. Pitchers just can't throw the same amount of innings anymore. Right. Roy Halladay over his career, who I consider probably one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. For sure. Had over his career, seven complete games, 20 shutouts. Yeah. That will never happen again. No. Pitchers do not have the same, same stamina. You see guys go seven innings. And you're like, holy smokes, how are they still in this game? And I think that's the product of the batters have gotten so much better at forcing the deeper counts, working the counts, foul balls, 10, 11 pitch at bats that are just killing pitchers off the bat early. You see guys at 100 pitches in the fifth inning. Yeah, but it's also a product of a shift in thinking, too, for certain managers. Kevin Cash. <laughs> There's some sometimes it part of it is the fact that hitters, yes, are were are more focused on making pitchers work, getting them out early. But the other factor is there it seems we need a balancing out a little bit from the the guys can't face the the, the order a third times around to when a guy's dealing, you let him deal. That's that's just kind of where I stand on that. There's right. Uh, there the, the there seems to be much. a balance. I I agree. We're not going to see people throwing up double digit complete games anymore. That seems like that era far gone. Right, but. I think hopefully, hopefully I'm begging to see a little more than two complete games leading the league. Yeah, and I mean, that's something we, we've talked about with friends of ours who aren't baseball. You and I, Jeff, are – we love watching the pitcher's duels. Like, if you catch me in a, in a one nothing game – like going into the eighth inning, one nothing. Not both teams have like three hits. I am fully invested in that game. I love the pitcher's duel more than I love like the ten run, the ten to nine ball game. Like if you have a pitcher that's just throwing a gem, I could sit there forever and watch. It's artwork. That's it's just plain and simple. It's artwork. And I'll I'll never turn down seeing a pitcher's duel. Hopefully we can get closer to it. Oh, but uh, let's beautiful. get back to the Yankees. There was an another move they made today. We talked about the roster, and we talked about how how deep they are, and the fact that their bullpen is deep enough as a bona fide contender to trade away to your biggest rival, a legitimate. Back of the pen arm in Adam Adovino. 
Yeah, uh, this is the first uh, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees trade in seven years. Um, I'm going to pull up the names of the last trade. It happened in uh, 2014. Uh, let me see. I think it was Stephen Drew. Yeah. Yes, it was Stephen Drew and Kelly Johnson switched teams in 2014. That's the last time the Yankees and Red Sox have ever made a trade. It was a pretty non, like it, it's a non-starter trade. But this one seems like a pretty big deal. The Jeff, you said it. They gave up bad amount of you know, and that's and they gave up other pieces and they gave up eight hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash. It's just yeah, it's a pure a salary to dump too. The yeah. Red Sox, I think, won this trade. Yeah, the money's yeah, because especially because it was a a pl- for a player to be named later who's usually right. never a top prospect. No. It's just like some some guy they m- they might be making the ball boy into a, a a farm prospect and trading him to the Yankees for all we know. At this point, we might be getting a call eventually saying that we were included as a player to be named later in a trade. That's that's what you can expect from hey, a player to be named I, later. I no trade clause in my uh, contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the I the Yankees the Red Sox definitely win this trade. Um, Adam Adovino in 2019 had a 1.9 ERA. Yeah. Yeah. And I Pitched think we 73 can times see... at a 1.9 ERA. That's like. We could expect to see Adovino too if the Red Sox are struggling again to potentially be moved in a playoff push for oh, I... a serious return. Yeah. I, I think we see Adovino move. Now, obviously, the Red Sox made a couple more moves that we'll talk about here in a second, but I, I don't think there's any reason for them to keep Adam Adovino. I don't. Obviously, yeah, unless we they're the same way with, surprisingly in it. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, we saw they moved Heath Embray and Brandon Workman last year. Now, obviously. I want to jump out a window when you say those names. Obviously. Do not, do not bring that up. We're not going to talk about that. But, I, but if we – could mention the the funny part of uh, Adovino being involved in a Yankees Red Sox trade, notably a few years back when Adovino was a free agent. He was very outspoken on the fact that if he ever was to verse uh, Babe Ruth, ever to to face him, he would strike him out every time. Hey, I mean, so that's just that's kind of funny now that he's involved in a Yankees. That's balls and confidence at its best. <laughs> it's just funny that the, the two teams are not really known for, for making too many trades. Yeah. There's really one trade they've made that's, that's more well-known than maybe any trade ever. Right. And Adam Adovino happened to slander that man and now <laughs> is in – Another. And this is probably the second highest trade. profile. This is the second highest profile Yankees uh, Red Sox trade. But it's moving on to some, not some of the other moves that the Reds, Red Sox made in the past week. Um, Dodgers utility man Kike Hernandez signs in Boston two years, $14 million. I think it's a prove it deal for Kike Hernandez. He's 29 yeah. years old. If he can go two years, turn his career around in Boston, he'll have one more contract left in him. Yeah, I love it for Kike. I mean, you got to love what 
you've seen Kike do with that that lineup in in uh, L.A. How he was just always willing to do whatever was asked of him. He would always prove to be an extremely playable guy at any position, almost. And he just always kept quiet and just helped the team. And seems to be a really great clubhouse guy, too. Yeah. So I, I just love the addition and I, for the, the Red Sox, but I really love the chance for Kike now to go in and be an everyday player. I think he's definitely earned it. Yeah, and I think he's, he's, a, he's an exciting guy to watch, and I think having him on the field every day is just good for baseball at this point. Um, when he got into, definitely the, when he got into the Dodgers lineup, he was an exciting guy, and I think um, it's just good for baseball. I like you said. I really like the move. I think it it helps the the Red Sox and it helps Kike. So it's it's a plus deal on both sides of the fence. Um, the other deal sure. that the Red Sox made this week was signing former Padre Garrett Richards to a one year, ten million dollar deal. Um, I think it's a lot. I think that's personally a lot for Garrett Richards. He's had mm-hmm. um his fair share of injuries throughout his career. He has control issues on the mound. Um, but I think he's another one of those guys that come trade deadline teams looking to make a playoff push could be interested in. Yeah. I think yeah, so. looks good. Yeah. I mean, for the Padres, they put him in the bullpen. So that, that should really tell you kind of what they feel about him with that ball control. Like you talked about Antonio, I, I think for the Red Sox, they're looking at this as a back of the rotation. Now, obviously, the rotation is not the best. So I think it's just another pitcher trying to eat up inning. Um, but we'll see. All right. We have, we will. I don't know if it came through on your end, but you were frozen for us. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, Garrett Richards, there. Garrett Richards is going to be a, it's a high risk, potentially high reward. Um, high reward in the fact that if Garrett Richards looks good, you move him on for, uh, prospects to a team that's in the playoff push um maybe i would reverse maybe it's not super high risk because yeah, i don't feel that uh, it it's is only it's one only year. one year so maybe it's a low risk high reward thing um i was looking at it more through the lens of it's just it could completely backfire and they're just wasting 10 minutes 10 uh million dollars on garrett richards just because of his injury history and his ball and his uh pitch control issues yeah, I, th- I think they view it as for the first half of the year where the Red Sox probably not going to compete. I mean, yeah, they have talented guys. They could shock the world maybe and make be contending for a wild card. I, I don't feel like that's likely to happen. But where they're at as a team, they're going to need innings. And that's like, like we discussed with J.A. Happ, that's likely to be what Garrett Richards is for the first half of the year for the Red Sox. They're going to use him to hopefully just eat up some innings and hopefully he starts to show flashes of the former pitcher he used to be. And if that happens, then they ship him out for prospects. You move him on. Yeah. So I, I like right. it. In that so that's right. But, or could you backfire Garrett Richards looks terrible and you just move on from him at the end of the season. William Hendricks get $13 million a year. So Brad Hand really worth $2.5 less. 
my my thoughts on that was one I didn't see him as a fit for the Phillies because they've shown a a real focus on velocity and Brad Hand's a guy who's dropping velocity right now. Yeah, his fastball seriously fell off. Yeah, but the the other surprise though I think is every team passed on Brad Hand when given the opportunity to claim him off of waivers and only pay him 10 million for one year. And then he signs a contract only 500k more. That's just a little Maybe confusing. teams thought they'd be able to get him for less money. Maybe teams thought they'd be able to get him for less money. Um it's it's really hard to tell with that situation. Yeah, either way, it's it's a replacement, I think, for Doolittle. Lefty in the back yeah. of the bullpen for the Nationals. And uh, it's uh, Doolittle was trending downwards anyway. It seems that Brad Hand still is a, right now above where Doolittle is. So it's an, it's an improvement still for the Nationals' bullpen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So we want to get one last uh, talking point in really quick before... Uh, we kind of wrap things. Game's greatest players of all time, Hammer and Hank Aaron passed away this week. Um, so rest in peace to uh, my home run king. He's still, in my opinion, the number one home run hitter in the history of the MLB. I know Jeff, you wanted to say a little piece yep. before we kind of signed off. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge how good he was. I think a lot of times the greatness of his career gets lost in the conversation of Barry Bonds cheating, which is unfair to Hank Aaron. He deserves to be recognized for as the, the home run leader and as a career over 300 hitter, the leader in RBIs and it's 21 straight all-star games, 21 straight all-star games. It's insane. That's what we need to talk about with Hank Aaron is how good he was truly one of the green games, greatest players of all time. Um, and that's that's all the time we're going to have for this week's episode of the Shoot and the Shift podcast. Hopefully next week is the week we could talk about JT Real Muto coming back to the Phillies. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out yep. with us this week. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with some good news, hopefully. Tuttles. <laughs>